the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. This is the Pro-America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, A lot to cover today. In a few moments, we'll talk with Ryan Gerdusky, who is a well-known commentator. He's written a book on national populism. Um, and we'll talk about that. It came out about a year and a half ago. He's got a substack on the subject, natpop.substack.com. But more interesting, and we'll get to it with him, uh, I hope, is he's been backing people in races for school board. He set up what I think is the only, maybe the first, maybe it's not the only anymore, super PAC aimed at helping candidates running for school board. And he's been winning a bunch of races. I think they won more than 10 races in all of Texas last week or the week before. Um, Texas has a huge um, spring uh, election season for all those uh, non, uh, what do you call it, non-statewide or non-state level uh, positions, like a school board and all. There's lots and lots of counties and all. So we'll talk with Ryan in a few moments. Uh, we'll also talk today with a very interesting man. Um, he is uh, he and his wife started a business a few years ago. His name is James Stocky, and he uh, runs a company called Your American Flag Store. And it's um, as he, if you look at the website, it describes it as partly um, uh, art. That's his wife mostly, and partly carpentry. He makes uh, uh, wooden flags, and so really interesting guy. And he's been basically blocked on all the social media, uh, shut down because he put up a Trump flag. Uh, that's when all his trouble started. And he's been bro- he's broken through that now, uh, partly by the good luck of having gotten on Fox, I think it was. But then he, he's now capitalizing on that by saying he's going to speak out and make sure everybody knows what is going on. So really interesting guy. We'll talk with him in a few moments. But first, let's talk about what the narrative machine is and how uh, the possibility of changing the dynamic is happening. So remember, the narrative machine, which I talk about so often, is it's my version of, uh, of my way of describing who I see the key players are in telling us what the truth is. So I call it big tech, big media, and big government combined to make the narrative machine. So, for example, in this case, you have uh, big government. Let's let's t- let's do let's do an example. Right now, the narrative machine is trying desperately to force on the American people the story, the narrative that the reversal of Roe v. Wade is going to be a disaster for women. It's going to be a disaster for America. It's just going to be the worst thing ever because they're going to be making all kinds of problems. Now, what does it look like? Well, big government in the form of the president of the United States and members of Congress are saying things like, if you ban abortion, bad things will happen. Of course, already that's a lie. There's no ban of abortion in the reversal of Roe v. Wade. There may be in states. And so the big government point is, oh, my gosh, look at what could happen with, when, with people like Joe Biden, Chuck Schumer and others. Big media is out there covering it. We talked about it yesterday. I think it was on the show. We had um, 
I was watching the Sunday shows with Chuck Todd, and Chuck Todd is covering uh, the idea of uh, criminalizing abortion. That's not on the table with the decision at Roe v. Wade, the Supreme Court. It's not what's going on. And so you watch, and then Big Tech. Big Tech, of course, is pushing their message uh, right along with it. Now, it's not my favorite example, the narrative machine, but it's in the news right now. So I'm happy to have it be there. So where, where are the signs of hope that there could be a change? Well, the largest sign is Elon Musk buying Twitter. Because Elon Musk has bought Twitter and he said things like they should have never silenced uh, the Hunter Biden laptop. Uh, the po- Twitter suspended the New York Post back uh, three weeks before the election in 2020. Now he said that if he if he takes over Twitter, when he takes over Twitter, he thinks that Trump being kicked off of Twitter was a mistake. And he even went so far as saying it was a mistake because there was no way you were going to silence the uh, president. It should have been some kind of, uh, you know, maybe a temporary ban or something that said, I'll put a hold, but not a full ban. Now, the interesting thing, uh, Elon Musk may get he may get the credit even when the credit is not needed. Um, Trump has said he won't go back on Twitter. He's going to stay over on his own social media company, uh, Truth Social. And Musk acknowledges that. He said, you know, after all that we said we were going to do by silencing his voice, he went and got his own voice. So we'll see. But I don't think Elon Musk is going to um, please conservatives all the time because I think he's going to be about transparency and about wide open. He's not going to be about silencing the left or trying to manage disinformation from the left. I think he's going to let it all rip. And I guess the question is going to be, how can he balance some of the crazies that will come out and try to, you know, say really terrible things and will need to get banned, right? So it's going to be interesting, but that's one sign. Another sign is actually the growth of some of these alternatives to uh, regular social media and regular media. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza launched his movie, 2000 Mules, on uh, Locals, a subscription platform, and had great success there. He's also using Rumble. Rumble has gotten very big. It's a kind of uh, uh, more wide-open version of YouTube, not as many rules and not as much uh, uh, throttling back. So, there are signs, uh, shoots, as they say, shoots of life uh, uh, bursting through. We'll see. My own fear is that we're fighting over Twitter, for example. We're talking about YouTube. That's not the dominant. The two dominant players, in my mind, are Amazon and Bezos and what they're doing to the economy. And, and the other one is Google. Google search dominates our lives. You, you just cannot tell me. I've used DuckDuckGo for a long time. Recently, DuckDuckGo made some dumb mistakes, but I've tried to use DuckDuckGo. It's not as good as Google. So Google is controlling search, therefore controlling content that you see. It's dominant. It's dominant. Those two are players like uh, I just I don't know how you're going to manage uh, those and what the details are going to look like. So that's a little bit on that. That's what you need to know today on the uh, social media. The big news is Elon Musk uh, letting Trump back on Twitter and left is going crazy. Of course, uh, the right is celebrating and Trump has said he's not going on to Twitter again. So we'll see. All right, we'll take a break. We'll come back and talk with James Stocky of the uh, your American flag and also touch base with Ryan Gerdusky, the commentator and author. Be right back. Ed Martin here on a pro America report back in a moment
Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Uh, you know, one of the things, as my listeners know, uh, James, our next guest I'm talking to, is people. I love connecting with people through the radio show, through the Internet, through social media, and hearing their stories. And um, so I was really interested. Uh, James Stocky is our next guest. His website is youramericanflagstore.com, youramericanflagstore.com. And, uh, James, the first thing I was going to say is tell tell me your story. I couldn't believe when I read about it on your website uh you're a carpenter wife's an artist that's the beginning of it which is fantastic but tell me tell mm-hmm. me what your american flag stores do and what you're up to why it's so important you started about five years ago 2017 uh walk us through this so yeah uh about uh, four and a half years ago my son uh asked if he could start a business uh <laughs> we were having a sporting event in our house and uh-huh. he just kind of rode his bike in casually to the garage where all the dads were hanging out and asked if he could start a business making American flags. We all kind of giggled, thought it was a kind of a cute idea. But then he says, I want, and I want mommy to put patriotic art and all of this kind of <clears throat> took a step back and was like, well, wow, that's a really good idea. Being that I'm, I am a carpenter. I've been a carpenter my whole life. My wife has been an artist her whole life. She actually had a job working at Trader Joe's doing all the artwork at the stores mm-hmm. there. And, um, uh, he put the two together and he nailed it. And uh, we made a flag. We put it on Facebook. It sold five, six flags. We posted those different five or six designs. We turned into 30. We started doing shows and the reaction that we got from uh, the face-to-face interaction with people um, was unbelievable. Was so supportive. People offering us, you know, how we can make our, uh, you know, flag designs kind of appeal to more people by incorporating more different types of art and that kind of thing. Uh, the business grew so much that uh, uh, it took us on a a journey. Our, our our family started. We got a truck. We got a trailer. We built <laughs> wow. our own booth. We went all over the country to Reno, Nevada, selling the flag at the rodeo there, the National Rodeo Finals in Las Vegas, all the way to Sturgis in South Dakota. Um, spent the week there selling our flag. It was a great. We were literally we were literally living the American dream. Started this business from. <laughs> A single flag, and uh, it landed us moving from San Diego to Tennessee, um, and uh, that's that's where we are now. Shortly after, so up until that, I mean, we're literally living living the American dream. Right. We get to Tennessee. <clears throat> a customer orders a uh, Trump flag. Right. And uh, we make for him. Wait, 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 pa- pa- James, James, pause first, because I want to describe a little bit more. If you go to the website, your American flag you can see this. It's not, uh, you know, to be clear. Uh, and let me clarify. Are all of the flags made of wood or metal or are they because they're not it doesn't look wood? OK, so they're wood. So you see these things, the ones, uh, the old glory flags. There's one that I was looking through this last night with my kids and my sons are in uh, the age where they're studying history. And there's one, the Washington on the Delaware flag is phenomenal. It's like so mm-hmm. there's these flags that, as you say, are the American flag and then artistic uh, renderings. There's a 9-11 uh, flag. It's a powerful one. So uh, if you go there, folks, uh, your American flag you can check it out. There's a there's all kinds of flags, all kinds of, as you say, you, you, I mean, I give you, I'm teasing you, but you know, you're the brawn, put the flag together and your wife is doing this creative stuff. It's really neat. So you're plugging along, you're selling flags. People are like, Hey, this is cool. Uh, it's art or it's patriotic or both. And now, then I'll go into the, this uh, Trump uh, flag uh, story, please. So, um, again, I want to stress that we never, uh, set out to right. kind of, right make any type of controversial flag at <laughs> right. all at that point we came up with 
I mean, honestly, Ed, we came up with probably half of our designs. The rest of the designs on our website were, in fact, you mentioned the Washington, Delaware. Delaware. We were at a show and a customer said, hey, could you put Washington Cross in Delaware on a flag? And we looked at it. We're like, sure. So she commissioned us to put that piece of art on the flag. And then we put that on the website and then that becomes a new design. Right. So that's kind of how almost all of our designs happen, mm-hmm. including the Trump flag. A customer <laughs> called us. We asked, they asked us, would you, would you put his likeness on the flag? We said, sure, as we would do for any president. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, the customer posted it on Facebook. <laughs> and, uh, and of course, we took that flag. We altered it. We made a couple different designs and played with it. So there were three different variations. Right. And then we put a, a Trump 45 uh, flag on our website. And uh-huh. boy, did we pay the price. So that goes up uh, January 2021, our advertising. Now, all, all of this is pre-COVID. Right. Uh, as soon as COVID hit, we could no longer go to shows. We couldn't talk to people. We had to stay away and all that kind of stuff. So we ended up transforming our business from a face-to-face um, event type of uh, business to an online business. Right. Uh, and uh, we got lucky and we really, you know, hit, hit it really well. And our business started growing even more. And um, shortly after that is when uh, Facebook decided to say, you, you can no longer advertise with us. Um, you have made flags that violate our uh, community standards. Um, Shopify started pulling our best fl- selling flags off of our website. They were hosting our website at the time. Um, uh, PayPal was holding all of our working capital, uh, and Google started removing all of our five-star reviews from, you know, the four years that we had worked, uh, or at that point, it was actually three and a half years that we had worked hard to get over 40, I think about 48, um, five-star reviews. Google just deleted them all and left the only two bad reviews that we've ever had. Um, and, uh, that's kind of how these big tech companies work. They, they all do a little tiny part. Right. And when you add all of these hits together, that's what kind of is the death blow. But we got, <laughs> I mean, this is where kind of our faith kind of comes into it. Yeah, we were literally yeah. looking at bankruptcy wow. and, um, there was no way. I mean, you got to understand even the solutions that we found right. that w- that we could implement to get business going again. PayPal held the money, so we couldn't pay right. to even fix the problems. The customers' flags who were sitting here in our shop, packaged up, ready to go out, we didn't have the, or we had the money, but PayPal wouldn't let us have our money or access to our money, so we couldn't even ship these out. Meanwhile, customers are getting more and more upset. What's going on? When are you going to ship it? Well, we're waiting, and, and the customers sitting there going, you know, we didn't really sign on to be some <laughs> yeah, kind of, you we're know. not in that. We're not in that. We, we just want this. We have this cool flag that we don't want to activism. Exactly. I, uh, oh, I want to pause James before we, I want to hold that book, uh, mark that bookmark that spot for one second. You said something just a moment ago though, that I want to hone in on. It sure. wasn't that there was an announcement that, Hey, we're going to take you off of Facebook or whatever. It was sort of this, it was a herd mentality of all the different pieces that sort of put you in a spot. And so, so whoever flagged you the first time, the others just kind of herded in behind it. So you had trouble with Correct. Facebook, then you had trouble with Spotify, or I don't know what you said, and then you had trouble with you, you, PayPal. Do, you, do, do you think in your gut, 
Now you're a small business owner and you're a, 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 a you know, father and you've been around. Do you think it's um, just a mentality or do you think there's some coordination? If you had to bet. Uh, if I had to bet, I, I would think that they all understand okay. that the little parts they do are important I see. so that the other parts that the other ones do all add up. I think that they know what they're doing. I don't think they've ever sat in a dark room, you know, smoking cigars, talking about how they're going to take down, right. you know, the flag store. Of course right. not. I think that they all say, hey, how can we utilize our platform to make things more difficult for this group of people? Um, and they probably don't even say it like that. They just might say, hey, there's certain groups that are, we might want to, you know, maybe not let them be in people's feeds because it might be dan- Whatever code of vocabulary they want to use, there's clearly a target on any conservative business that's trying to make it in the big tech plat- on, on the big, big tech flat- platforms. They're simply just not friendly to us. I mean, it, that's as as yeah, blunt as, you as, can, I yeah, can as we put say. It. All right, so now I, I don't want I don't want to lose the thread though. We're again we're talking uh, right now with uh, uh, James Stocky and his website uh, is his family's website. YourAmericanFlagStore.com. YourAmericanFlagStore.com. You go there; it's extraordinary. The the, the choices, the collections of of different. Uh, uh, I mean, really, uh, to your credit, I I like how you did it. You're a carpenter. Your wife's an artist. It's artwork. It's really wonderful uh, and inspirational. So back to the bookmark that I said though. You go through all this. You're facing bankruptcy. You got orders. You can't mail them because you can't get to the money. PayPal, it's in your account, but PayPal won't let you have it. What happens next? Um, uh, this is where, like I, I mentioned, that kind of was like my wife and I were just praying, just give us some kind of a, right. w- what do you want us to do? What do we got to do? We're doing everything right. We haven't had a day. We hadn't had a day off in three years, not a single day at Christmas. Wow. We would celebrate our Christmas and then there'd be emails <laughs> that had to go out. There'd be something that, you know, we couldn't. So anyhow, uh, what, what happens is um, from, from our story kind of circulating a little bit, right. uh, Rob Schmidt at Newsmax caught wind of it, right. had us on his show to talk about what uh, Facebook was doing to us, uh, uh, suspending our marketing because right. uh, we violated their community standards. And uh, so that generated um, all of this kind of goes to what you were saying, how they all kind of work together. So we went on Newsmax, we got a bunch of sales that solved our problem. Then PayPal says, nope, they held all the money from those sales and say, you can't have it. We'll reevaluate this in six months and then let you know then. So, so we don't even know if we get it in six months. We yeah, exactly. Just let small, us know. small businesses, you, you can't survive six weeks or six days half the time. I mean, okay, keep going. So, um, so that put us in another situation where the Center for American Liberty got wind of the story and they said, they, PayPal can't be doing this. this. This can't be true. They call me up. We show them everything that's going on. They're pretty shocked with it. So they say, we're going to help you out. We're going to defend you. You don't have to pay us. We're going to take care of it. But we're going to get you your money. You go back to making flag. That's what you do. You let us fight for you and we'll handle that part. So it was a huge relief. And then it was kind of like my wife and I are like, okay, Newsmax, the Center for American Liberty that comes with Harmeet Dillon, you know, a a nationally known uh, lawyer who's a a freedom fighter, basically. Mm -hmm. And um, from there, uh, 
they, our lawyers were able to get a good chunk of most of our money back, but PayPal was holding on to this last bit that um, they just wouldn't let go of until I signed a non-disclosure. But if I signed a non-disclosure and didn't tell anybody what I'm telling you now, right? they'd give me the money. So I told them, no, we're not. No, you're going to. No, <laughs> yeah, gonna, we're not I'm doing tell, that. I'm telling people. I don't care what you say. Wow. Uh, so now, exactly. na- now, did you have to move? I mean, I, I have a friend of mine who was a Facebook, had a Facebook business. And and when they switched the out, al- quote, switched the algorithm on him, he was out of luck. I mean, he he, he basically went from he lost 70 percent of his business. And uh, did, you, did you have you been able to replace your uh, what you built? With new, uh, you know, new real estate. I, I, again, I, we're, we're yeah. talking. So you have. So tell me where people. Yeah. I mean, where, where so, are you doing that? Are there conservatives that let you do it, or people that just like money that are letting you do it? Well, it's it's okay. So it's funny. Uh, the first thing we went on Newsmax, and it got us in touch with Harmony Dillon. Then we went on okay. Fox and Friends to uh, talk about uh, what PayPal was doing. First of all, that was on a Sunday, and five hours later, on a Sunday, PayPal suddenly released all of our money, you know, because they do business on Sundays, right? right? So they got wind of that interview that same day and, and released our money. But um, the people at uh, Mammoth Nation and also uh, Public Square uh-huh. uh, reached out and they have great uh, ways to get conservative Christian owned businesses out there. So I, I went to those platforms, had a lot of success with both of those guys. Um, uh, promoting there and then also using social, not relying on the social media algorithms to do the work, mm-hmm. but just getting on social media, creating good content, taking pictures in our shop, uh, taking little videos of, you know, kind of the tricks of what we do that makes us a little bit different than everyone else and um, sharing kind of our shop and the building experience with our customers in social media. Yeah. And we've be, built, been able to build a, a good following to where, we can reach out to those people and they're always wanting to you know, support us and buy our stuff. Especially when I, you have I'm, sure, I, I'm sure you've heard this before, but when you look at your story and, and look at it, um, it's, you, you got a wonderful wife. I mean, you and you and your family's a gorgeous family of like the, it's like the American dream, Thank right? You. So, so you ought to do a reality TV show, tell somebody they should come in and do you. You could be like that chip and <laughs> Joanna Gaines of the flag world. By the way, does anybody give you grief? over flags some people old school i'm just watching I, I think it's amazing but some people old school will say you shouldn't do x or y on a flag anybody ever do that to you oh we 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 get those uh every now and then uh yeah and that before we started this um we had a i had a close uh friend um who's a lawyer and i went to her and i asked her you know what what's the rules what can we do here? And she and she went and did her research. She said, no, there's an art clause yeah, yeah, in the yeah. flag, in the U.S. flag yeah. code, that if you're doing it and you're presenting it as art, you can do, you can present it that way, as long as it's not disrespectful. Right. And then, but then that goes under the freedom of speech where you actually can. But no, as a, we, we're not selling official American yeah, yeah. flags. Well, I got to tell you, so I got, I got, hey, by the way, I got to tell you something. In, I got a friend in uh, in Virginia. I live in, the, in Virginia, the Commonwealth, and he's a wonderful patriot. And he has taken to creating uh, what he calls folk art. And, and the folk art is mm-hmm. an American flag. And there's a provision in Virginia law that allows folk art to be on public lands. So he's put this like a big, mm-hmm. it's a big American flag, actually. He put it up on uh, the side of a highway. They took it down. And he's complaining because it's folk art, because actually it is 
is folk art. You're allowed, as you point out. But anyway, all right, listen, Jim, I got to run. I'm out of time. Uh, Jim Stocky, the website is youramericanflagstore.com. Uh, Jim, congratulations for fighting through uh, like a lot of small businesses that succeed. You know, what's terrifying is the number of small businesses like you that get stuck and don't get out and don't get help. And they're exactly. and then it's all gone. So uh, you're that's you're, why we're going after the legislation. Ed. That's why we need the legislation. That's the last part of our story. That's where our story is going to end. We're going to end up being the motivating factor and the momentum behind getting legislation passed to cancel cancel culture. Good deal. Hey, Jim, we'll talk more. Jim Stocky, everybody, uh, visit his website, youramericanflagstore.com. Uh, thanks for the time, sir. Thank you, Ed. Thank you. I really appreciate it. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll come back. Don't forget, I'll put it up on social media, this uh, segment. In fact, I can think of two or three people already. I'm going to send this link to the standalone link because it's so important what uh, Jim and his family have shown that you can do and how to do it. So we'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Back in a moment. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. It's time to check in with my old friend, and uh, we won't say where we spent the most time together, Ryan Gerdusky, at Ryan Gerdusky on Twitter. So first of all, Ryan, before we get to anything, you changed your Twitter photo to this pic- the picture of Elon Musk and the first days of te- Tesla, right? Is that your, is that your, uh, uh, your um, tribute to Elon Musk? It is a funny picture. It's just of him with a bunch of Mexicans with sombreros, <laughs> and I thought it was a funny picture. I have no idea where it's from, but it made me laugh. So no, whatever. I think I think it's I think it actually is reputed to be the first day of te- uh, of Tesla or SpaceX or one of them. It's that's that's the first batch he hired a mariachi band. And there's like eight other uh, engine nerds around him. But anyway, all right, oh, that's funny. Uh, <laughs> Ryan Gerdusky. Now look, your book came out in uh, June of 2020. So you right. write it. It takes you like a year to write a book and publish. Took me it or fourteen more. weeks to write that book. Yeah, fourteen oh, weeks. Oh my gosh. Okay. So, so you were in the middle. Well, you were locked down in the pandemic writing it. Is that right? No, I wrote it in twenty nineteen. So there was no pandemic. I was oh. I was locked down, and then in the <laughs> end, I locked down myself again. Okay. So, but but you were ahead of the curve on this. The how the elites created the national populist revolution. I mean, we're now in the middle of it. I, w- I did an interview early on uh, Wednesday morning, and someone said, "What do you, what do you think we're in?" I said, "We're in a we're in a a, a real um, mass movement," is the phrase I used. Uh, but we're in this national populist revolution. You still you're doing a uh, over at Substack. Natpop.substack.com is your national populist newsletter. Um, what what is it meaning? I mean, JD Vance wins. Others are winning. What what does it mean though? Where are, what are we? Where are we in this revolution? Well, I mean, it's hard to. I mean, it, it's it's fluctuating. It's certainly moving, and I don't. You know, history is never. It doesn't have one correlation into moving it just consistently into one progression. I think what we're seeing right now. On a real global scale, because that's what the book talks about, is the global scale of national populism. I think we're definitely seeing the um, the destruction of the center in our national in our in our, in our national politics around the world. You're seeing in in France, uh, while Macron won re-election, the center right party got like five percent of the vote, and the center left party got like two percent of the vote. Uh, if you look at um, uh, Germany, the the center centrist parties are falling apart. Same thing in Spain. Same thing in Italy. Um, it is the nationalist right and the socialist populist left that is really kind of increasing their majority. So at Western Europe and Eastern Europe. Um, and it's really just the Anglo countries left that the center is kind of holding in some form or another. 
um aside from that though but in 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 europe um outside of outside of the anglo sphere of, of uh the uk australia canada and uh and the united states you're seeing absolutely a rise of, of national populism in a real way and i think within the republican party i think the united states is definitely leading um, as opposed to england which while they had brexit bojo is a liberal through and through right. uh boris johnson um and in canada obviously they're having uh nothing besides uh you know uh, you know the the our order as as currently is and, and the center right party in, in australia is about to get the teeth kicked in in their next election so in the united states though you're seeing um a definite rise of national populist figures within the republican party you know i often compare it to reaganism when reagan became president the first person to run as a reagan republican wasn't in 1982 or 1984 it was really 1994 um when that term kind of kind of gained momentum uh, half a decade after Reagan had left the White House. So these ideas that Trump campaigned on in 2016, I think it would take until 2021, 2022 to really catch on within the GOP. And you're seeing not only J.D. Vance just win the primary and I hopefully likely win the general. Um, you're seeing Anthony Sabatini and Joe Kent and uh, Blake Masters um, and candidates springing up across the entire country who are really kind of um, – asking very, very important questions against Republican, traditional Republican author, orthodoxy. Carol, Carolina Sorrero in, Serrano in, in Nevada is another one. Um, and I think that's very, very important. And I think that it's the slow evolution. I mean, uh, that's definitely, it's, it, it's, it's a long time coming, but I think it's finally arriving. Well, we're talking with uh, Ryan Gerdusky, at Ryan Gerdusky on Twitter, and I'll, I'll put up on social media his Substack, uh, NatPop, National Populist Newsletter, natpop.substack.com. Okay, but I mean, it is a shift, right? It is a change. You're, you're saying that the center-right parties are failing, center-left parties are failing, but the Republican Party of today is, is not really, I mean, I remember being on the Republican National Committee, the RNC, in February of 2013, when they published the $9 million autopsy on the election. And they said, all we have to do is be nice and speak in Spanish and stop talking about any social issues like abortion and we'll win all the time. And we looked at it, we were like, what, it cost $9 million to consultants, you know, to, to pay for that. And it was nonsense. It was made up. It was, it was Ari Fleischer's right, uh, Ari, document. Yeah, right. So, yeah. but my point, but my and point Ari is Fleischer, that, by the way, if you, there's a great book by, uh, Jeremy Peterson, the New York Times, who wrote on that um, that document that that uh, the autopsy, uh-huh. and it basically said in the autopsy the, the the analysis that came out said, "Oh, if you provide amnesty to illegals, you're not going to win Hispanics. You're not nothing that will actually happen uh, that, that that will benefit you know the elite and you know and." The, the Republican Party um, and Ari Fleischer sat there and said, no, no, don't don't reveal that part. Right. Exactly. They oh, were told oh, flat yeah. out that what they were saying is completely wrong. They just but, refused to believe it. But my point is that that the Republican Party until back to this, the, the, this to your, your point till, say, 2014, 15, that you had to be open borders. You had to be a, a market, you know, multilateral uh, trade deals were going to be great. Right. You had to be neoconish. That was the Republican Party. And was that center right? Was that right wing? Now the Republican Party is, as you say, populist, but it's hard to call that right wing that the Republican Party is. I, I, I don't know if it's right wing, right? It's a different wing. It's a different. Well, I say I say right wing in the terms of being neoliberal. Right. I'm okay. talking about the George H.W. Bush version of central right. When I say central right, that's what I'm really referring to with the establishment right around the entire globe, which is a very neoliberal philosophy on politics. 
Um, if you, I'm talking when I say populist right, I'm saying that there are people now rising to the Republican Party who are talking about things like trade and immigration, war in a very, very different way. If, I mean, look at JD Vance's victory speech. JD Vance's victory speech called for. Yeah, decla- uh, declaring war against the Mexican drug cartel and arresting and imprisoning the uh, the family <laughs> that brought us oxycodone. I mean, right. that is that is I, that is not something that the, that's something that the Republicans would have ever sat there and said, you know, he J.D. sat there and said, why don't we put them all in jail? Right. I mean, this is not a normal this is not this is definitely not the party that George W. Bush would have felt comfortable with. But that's OK. And I think that as they um, as they move in 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 certain policies, I think they will attract new and different people. And I think the problem that. Um, not to go, not to mind this moment, but uh, but this point. But I think the problem that a lot of older Republicans have is, if you were alive from the '60s and '70s till the '90s or early 2000s, even you grew up, you were living in a center right nation, and that ended when the World War II generation died out. When we brought in 30, 40 million um, immigrants from around the world, and when the millennials now and the Zoomers became a voting age, did nation shifted we became a center-left country and it's very difficult to for a lot of people to believe so they run to conspiracy theories and they run to um fighting against strong men on the left when really what it is is our politics genuinely shifted in the early 2000s and they do not know how to answer to those uh, to those questions and i think that that's why right now the rise of national populism is really the critique of neoliberalism that came out of the 1970s uh again that we're, we're talking with uh ryan or but ryan i've also noticed on your twitter feed i think it was on twitter somewhere i saw you quoted as saying the thing you've uh, in your maybe in your career that you've enjoyed most is winning these school, school board, board races. Yeah. yeah so talk about what you're seeing there what you're doing why it's so important i, I think actually it odd with the war in ukraine with uh, all these things it's <laughs> off people's radar screen a bit that these school board races are happening and that there's a, a, a pretty dramatic set of conditions that have yielded results that have been different. Right. So last year I did, I started the 1776 project pack, um, which was a, the first super PAC in the nation to deal with just school board elections, running school board candidates and winning school board races. And um, we were, we were successful. I didn't think anyone would really care. We did 58 elections. We won 42 the first year. Um, and we just did last week um, in, in, uh, in the first week of May, we did 15 races in Texas and we won all 15. And um, it's been extremely rewarding because this, I mean, I do, I've always cared about local politics um, and this is engaging people in the, the most real way they will ever have. I mean, this is this is making one conservatives care about public education and curriculum for the first time in God knows how long. And then this is um, this is about trying to get conservatives to sit there and actually be engaged on the idea of curriculum for too long. Conservatives have sat there and said, if we just um, get everyone out of the public school, then school will be better. Well, maybe that's you know slightly true as far as grading, whatever. But we're not going to fight against woke agenda by going to privatizing every school. Private schools actually oftentimes are more woke and more liberal than public schools are. And there's no democratic means to sit there and combat the wokeness. So um, this pack is now flipped over 70 school, over 60, over 60 school board elections. And um, 
we have more coming up in Georgia and Maryland towards the middle and end of summer. So um, we're hoping to continue on that on that mantra and do just you, put me on school board elections. Ryan, do you think it's the um, uh, the school board issue? I mean, even the even the pack is called the 1776 Project uh, uh, Pack. Um, is it the school board issues, or will do you think it's? And look, in the last twenty five years, one thing Republicans did do they focused on state house races and states, and, and they flipped a lot of state houses. And I think there's always been that battle. Do, do you sense that there'll be a shift in local races? Also, is there is that all is the fruit ripe there too or is it something about school boards that has got people's imagination well what i try to sit there and do is what i what i say to everyone is look in these local elections you're having eight percent nine percent maybe eleven percent voter turnout it's so 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 small and um, in many elections in our country, you know, 50 votes don't change a presidential election. 50 votes don't change a Senate election most of the time, but they can very well change a school board election and just getting conservatives out to vote and making sure that they know, hey, this is the election day. And because these elections are nonpartisan, these are the anti CRT candidates. We're seeing a dramatic increase in turnout, which is good. It's good for it's healthy for our democracy for more people to vote, but it's really healthy for these school board elections, which so few people vote. And now we're overcoming the um, the entrenched school uh, teachers unions, uh, you know, 5000 some odd people that w- that within the, the education organizations in these districts were or overpowering them with a sheer number of our voters. And we're electing these school board members to really take on DEI and CRT and the transgender ideology and the sexualization of children that was coming into our school board. So all this stuff is very, very, very important. And really the first thing that conservatives need to do is just show up to even vote and, uh, and run and, um, and slowly, but surely, I mean, the whole goal of my pack is to make sure that these, these people sit there and show up to vote. Uh, Ryan Kadersky, is there a website for the pack that people should check out? Or 1776 project pack, PAC.com. Okay. Uh, Ryan at Ryan Gerdusky on, uh, on Twitter. And also I'll put up on social media, his national populist newsletter, natpop.substack.com. Uh, also worth a look. Thanks for the time, Ryan. Appreciate it. Thank you so much. All right. We'll take a break, everybody. We'll be right back. It's Ed Martin here on the pro America report back in a moment. This is the Phyllis Schlafly report, a daily commentary, continuing the conservative pro family legacy of Phyllis Schlafly. Now the president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles, Ed Martin. If the leftist politicians who seized power in Ukraine in 2014 had been more conservative by promoting armed self-defense of its citizenry, as done in Finland and Switzerland, then Russia might have thought twice before invading, and millions of Ukrainians would have less reason to flee. Self-defense is necessary both to repel an invader and to protect against resultant looting and violence. In 1999, Ukraine reported to the United Nations that civilians are not allowed to possess handguns. In a lawless society that results from bombing in war, less access to self-defense means more refugees. Contrast this with Finland, which is generally liberal but has long valued a high rate of private ownership of guns. Finland ranks number four worldwide in gun ownership, while the United States is, of course, number one. The Soviet Union unsuccessfully invaded Finland in 1939, and it was Finland's private ownership of guns that saved it then. Ordinary Finnish citizens then repeatedly ambushed Soviet soldiers as they took cigarette or meal breaks. The Soviet Union thereby lost six times as many men as Finland did, and the Soviet soldiers quickly retreated back to where they came from. It was not military jets or no-fly zones or more tanks that saved Finland, but private handgun ownership. 
To this day, Finland allows and encourages a fully armed citizenry, and training is widely available because of this. In the United States, we're blessed with incredible geographical advantages. Having an ocean on either side of us greatly increases our ability to repel any potential invaders. However, we should not allow ourselves to become complacent. We might not need to have invasion drills and live in constant fear, but do not underestimate the incredible deterring power of a thriving and responsible gun culture. Gun ownership and usage by properly trained citizens can be an enjoyable pastime handed down from generation to generation. Don't trust the dark forces who claim to offer safety in exchange for turning in your guns. They're either liars or they're useful idiots. America's rich history of gun ownership is an asset to our national defense, not a liability. This has been the Phyllis Schlafly Report with Ed Martin, president of Phyllis Schlafly Eagles. It's time to hear the truth, not the media lies, about gun rights. At phyllisschlafly.com, we've got strategies to protect American citizens, protect ourselves, and protect the Second Amendment. For the latest on the constitutionally protected right to bear arms, go to phyllisschlafly.com. Thanks for listening, and join us again for the Phyllis Schlafly Report. Welcome back. Welcome back. Ed Martin here on the Pro-America Report. Hey, let me just uh, say I did a, a, a recorded a, 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 um, an episode of our podcast, Life Matters. Uh, podcast Life Matters. If you go over to phyllisschlafly.com, you'll see it there. And um, we were talking about lots of different things, so the leak from the Supreme Court, uh, what happens next. But one thing I did discuss there, which I haven't yet discussed here, I'm just going to lay it out there. I only have a minute or so left and then come back to it in the next few days. Abby Johnson... Abby Johnson, who is, um, I think she might be in her mid-30s. She's got five or six children, maybe more. Um, she worked in a Planned Parenthood clinic and then suddenly realized that she couldn't do it anymore. She realized what, what was happening. This is a decade or more ago. And she left. And she became a pro-life convert, a leader, and she's gone out all over the place and talked about the pro-life issues. She admitted and talked about the fact that she had two abortions when she was young, and she's now a pro-life leader. Well, she wrote a piece, and she said, for me, it's a baby, and therefore we have to talk about what do we do when people kill a baby? And she has a standing as a woman and as a leader, I think, to really bring that question up, as I've been saying. Start with it being a baby. Start with the mother being a woman, of course, and someone worth honoring. Uh, but then say, what do you do when, if you believe it's a life, you have someone taking a life? It's a big deal. Abby Johnson, if you do a search and I'll put it up on social media, you'll see her post and we'll talk more about it next week. All right. I got to run uh, or in the, see in the next few days. Sorry, not next week. In the next few days, I hope. I hope to get someone on to talk about that subject. We'll take a break. Uh, we won't take a break. We'll be back tomorrow. Please visit ProAmericaReport.com. ProAmericaReport.com. Sign up for the daily email and to listen to these great segments there. Be uh, back tomorrow. Ed Martin, ProAmerica Report. America Report on The Answer, San Diego. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
the explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.